This weekend is Mother's Day in most countries around the world. The holiday has its origins in pagan goddess rituals and a European Mothering Sunday. In the United States, the holiday was suggested after Julia Ward Howe went on a crusade to protest the carnage of the Civil War. The idea was picked up by Anne-Marie Reeves Jarvis, who suggested Mother's Friendship Day in 1858. Now, I don't know if any of these stories are entirely true because I heard a legend that says that things got heated between prohibitionists and their opponents, and one night, the anti-temperance movement kidnapped three sons of local temperance leaders and forced them to spend the night drinking. One of the boys was the son of the local pastor who was so affected by the humiliation caused to his son that he was unable to finish his sermon that following Sunday. A parishioner then Juliet Calhoun Blakely stepped forward and finished the homily and encouraged all mothers to support the temperance movement. Her action that Sunday, May 13, 1877, moved her two sons so much that in honor of their mother, they encouraged other children to honor their own moms on the second Sunday of May each year. I'm not sure if this is true or not, but what is true is that all of us should pick up the phone, call our moms, and thank them for all the sacrifices made for us. And if your mom has already gone before you, pray to her. Ask her to intercede for you. And pray that Mary, the mother of all, continue to guide all mothers and intercede for them in this most important job of mom. Thank you, mom, for the gift of life. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm Emily Callen. I am Billy Chen. And, uh, and? Uh, all-new show today, guys. Yes. As, as, uh, as most of the time, just a reminder that if people miss part of the program, and a lot of people are listening to the, to the program maybe in the car, and you're, you can't stay for the whole hour, you can always go to our website, and it's a wonderful yes. website built by Billy Chan. Yes. SaltandLightTV.org slash radio. All the programs are archived there. Uh, today, we have news with we Emily. Do. Yes, a few. Well, the Pope, the Pope uh, did a, in, a trip yes. uh, this this past week. So I'll talk about that. He went to Bulgaria and Macedonia. Yes. Um, there was also the March for Life. Yes. Uh, in, in Canada. Ottawa, in Ottawa. Canada, yes. And, um, and we're unfortunately, mourning. we're mourning. Exactly. A living saint. We're really. mourning. Yeah, we're mourning. But I think he's mm-hmm. he's he's uh, he's he's going to be canonized in like no time. Oh, yeah. So, but and uh, but we're not telling you who it is. <laughs> so people have to stick around to find out. And then after that, Jillian, Jillian Cantor is going to be here. She's learned something new from her kids. That's in about 10 minutes after news. Uh, and then after that, we have uh, a question, a question from about Billy Bible, about the Bible. How yeah. have we talked about the Bible a lot? Already? Never. You, you have a lot of questions about the Bible. Yeah, but <laughs> OK. <laughs> All right. No, that's good. So that's coming up in Church for Dummies with Billy Chan. So um, this is a hard question. Oh. For you guys. I love oh, hard questions. Okay. You know that, right? What, what does it mean to be Canadian? Say sorry. See, I'm sorry. you've asked this question before. <laughs> it, you say sorry? I'm sorry a lot. Sorry? Canadians apologize a lot. I would That's apologize. what they say. Everything. Yes. To Morton's. And we live in igloos. <laughs> maple syrup. No. Come on, Pedro. We drink know. maple Every syrup. <laughs> Emily drinks maple syrup every morning. Every she morning. loves maple syrup. You know that. Yeah. Right? No. But anyway. So uh, well, how about... Mm-hmm. 
challenges that come with living in this particular land that, that we call Canada. Oh, could easily mention challenges. Yeah, but are they different than challenges that other people face in other countries? Yes, I would say they are different. Like what? Give me one. Okay. Julie, while she thinks, give me <laughs> are you, No, no, no. Are you talking about, like, uh, physical challenges, like snowing? Well, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. Do you think like that the fact winter? that we apologize all the time is because <laughs> we have no control over the weather? <laughs> so we just have to, like, yeah, okay, well, whatever. Yeah, we, we always sat there. No Sorry complaint. No complaint. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, the reason why I'm asking you this, ridicu- well, it's not a ridiculous, but it's just, like, a difficult question, is because Mary Jo Letty, who's a Canadian uh theologian and social uh, human rights advocate. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. the founder of Romero House, which mm-hmm. is a, a home for refugees in Toronto. She's also an author, and she's written a book called Why Are We Here? Which is like an existential question, like, why are we here? <laughs> yeah. But she means, like, why are we here in, in Canada? Canada? Like, it's a very specific question about Canadians, and I hope all our American uh, listeners are rolling their eyes right <laughs> now. I hope that you're not rolling <laughs> your eyes, um, because I think that you're very close to Canada, so this land, maybe, maybe some of the issues that are affecting the United States. I always are, ask are this to Canada, my parents. I would, I would you always ask what? Ask why were he, why they moved to Canada? Yeah, because when we, uh, I moved to Canada when I'm very young. Yes. Right. So we always ask this question. And what do they answer? Uh, for you, for studying. Oh, really? Because <laughs> yeah, they love you. Yeah. Because they love you. Anyway, so that's uh, Mary Jo Letty. Uh, why are we here? That's going to be in about 25 minutes in our second half hour. And then at the end of the show, I'm very excited because we're going to meet, I've already met him, but we're going to meet a new singer-songwriter from Colombia. His name is Ivan Diaz. I uh, got to spend some time with Ivan in Panama at World Youth uh-huh. Day. Um, he's been writing music since he's like 17 years old. Uh, he now lives in Miami, Florida, and he has a new collection. So you know all the liturgical music, the stuff that, Emily, that you've been singing in church <laughs> in English? Mm-hmm. Um all these songs, he's just done a biling- bilingual versions of them. So Spanish? Really? But yes, well, English, Spanish. Spanish. English. Yes, yeah. Spanish English yeah. because there's so so many Hispanic Catholic communities in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yes. And a lot of the masses, I don't know if you've ever been, but they are bilingual masses. So the music is bilingual mm-hmm. and some songs are in both languages. I actually experienced that in Quebec yeah, City. There were a lot of French? Spanish people. Oh. In, no. Oh, Spanish. No, not French, French. But, but Spanish. Yeah, it is. And their, and mass, awesome. their mass was French. So there's this new collection. It's called... Uh, uh, nuestra Alegría, which means our joy, and he's taken some songs, and I'll mention it later when when I introduce Ivan. Uh, uh, but some songs that we would recognize, you know, mm-hmm. by Oregon Catholic Press artists, and they're uh, doing the bilingual version. So that's kind of cool. So today we're going to do some bilingual music, English Spanish, with Ivan Diaz, um, and I'll be talking to him at the end of the program. So why don't we start with the song? Good. Yes. Yes. You guys approve? Spanish. All right. Spanglish. Oh, sp- <laughs> Spanglish. Here's a song. It's uh, Ivan Diaz with Steve Angrisano with uh, Alleluia, Love is Alive from the new Oregon Catholic Press bilingual collection, Nuestra Alegría, Our Joy. Pueblo de Dios, este es un nuevo día. Corre a ver ya la tumba vacía Ven a ver, ven a ver Resucitó A grave that is empty, a promise fulfilled God who was with us is here with us still He is here, He is here, He is alive 
Señor, cantemos aleluya. Pueblo de Dios, deja a un lado el temor, tu yugo se ha roto, no hay más dolor, ven a ver, ven a ver, resucito. was foretold it is true it is true he is alive alleluia love is alive the sun has arisen for all alleluia vida el amor vencida la muerte la noche acabó That was Ivan Diaz with Steve Angrisano with Alleluia, Love is Alive from Ivan Diaz's new bilingual collection, Nuestra Alegría, Our Joy. And just before, <laughs> Billy uh, went out to take a little break here and he wanted to know how to say Alleluia in Spanish. Um, <laughs> Alleluia, right? How do you say Alleluia in French, Emily? Alleluia. And, and he told us how to say Alleluia in Chinese. In Chinese. I'll ask him when he comes back for Church or Dummies <laughs> uh, how to say Alleluia in Chinese. Anyway, so Alleluia, Love is Alive. That was Ivan Diaz with Steve Angrisano. Mm. Um, we're going to be speaking with Ivan Diaz in about 30 minutes. But first, Emily, this... With the uh, news. Yeah, quite a few news today. Um, yes. So, um, sadly, this week, uh, as we were saying, we lost a, a living saint. Um, yes. So the founder of L'Arche, um, which is a, a community uh, that supports people with disabilities, mm -hmm. uh, was founded in 1964 by Jean Vanier, um, who's a Canadian. Yes. Uh, lived in Paris, finished his life, ended his life in Paris. Mm -hmm. um, he had been suffering for a long time from cancer yes. um, and was assisted at L'Arche. So um, I think it was a, a couple weeks ago actually that that Lash informed us or that informed the world that he had care, yes. exactly gone into palliative yes. care so we knew that you know he was nearing the end of his life and um, I believe that it's the Archbishop of uh, Paris yes. who visited who him uh, just, before, uh, he just before he died and and you know and said you know this was a man of light and joy and uh, and if only if only we could also end our life with that kind you know of what? a yes. testimony right I know um, it, it is sad news but it's totally like he's straight to I thought this is a man who went straight to heaven. Definitely. He's going to be canonized no in doubt. no time. Canadian saint. And I've, I had yes. a chance to meet him once, Emily. You did. I did. Yeah. Wow. Just before World Youth Day What a blessing. Holiness. Like, yeah. I don't know how else to explain it. Just light. Just radiant, light. 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 Radiant joy, light right? out of this man. So Jean Vanier, rest in peace. Um, so there's going to be lots of probably information on our website and tributes to Jean Vanier all over. Definitely. Uh, time to start praying to him. Amen. Intercede <laughs> right? for amen, us. Amen, for sure. Um, pope Francis was in Bulgaria and Macedonia yes. this week. Now, not the first time a pope goes to Bulgaria, but the first time that a pope goes to Macedonia. Yes. Um, the whole theme of the trip, it was... 
let me just make sure I have it right here. Pachem Interis, uh-huh. which is actually um, an so, encyclical, right? Well, an encyclical yeah. uh, that John the Twenty Third, yes, Saint John the Twenty Third wrote, wrote. Um, which was his ho- the motto of his whole life. Yeah, about peace. About peace, yes. and has very strong ties to Bulgaria. Okay. Um, in fact, John Paul, uh, sorry, John the Twenty Third even helped rebuild the cathedral, Saint Michael the Archangel, in really? Bulgaria, and that's where Pope Francis celebrated First Communion. Okay, um, for children this week. Like 245 kids. I heard that it wasn't even planned. Is that true? Do you really? know? Oh. I don't know. But anyway, it sounded like, like I <laughs> That's maybe a detail like that I overlooked. News. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um two hundred and four I think it was planned that there were It must have been. He, yeah, it yes. was definitely planned. But I don't think that I, I the original number that I had seen was not so high. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so on May sixth he celebrated first communion or administered first communion to two hundred and forty five uh, children. But yes. of course this meeting was also focused on uh, ecumenical dialogue because you know, Catholics is they're a very small minority minority yes. in Bulgaria and Macedonia or the orthodox population is really the vast, what makes up the vast majority of mm-hmm. the population. I think it's um, the largest orthodox population in the world. Or Bulgaria, it's very possible. So, yes. yes, exactly. So, um, so again, just another, he was there, of course, to meet with the Catholics, the religious men and women, the priests who were there, right. um, but also to... Um, to have dialogue with yes. um, with the Orthodox community. He, in Macedonia, he um, went to the memorial dedicated to Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa because, of course, that's she's where she's from. from. Yes. And uh, so he, he prayed there. He he blessed the first stone of the memorial there. Nice. Um, yeah, so there you go. three days, three days in, in Eastern Europe and uh, back in Rome after back that. Back in Rome, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. And again, all the speeches and all that of stuff course, on, on our website. Of course, on our website, definitely. SaltonLightTV.org. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Um, final little piece of news. Yes. Um, every year, uh, March for Life happens in Canada on yes. Parliament Hill. You have thousands of thousands of people, right, who, who go. This year um, was very special because it was the 50th anniversary yes. um, of, uh, of abortion on demand in Canada. I know. Uh, so not necessarily something that no, we're, that we're celebrating, celebrating. It, that, no. but but still, it's um, you know the fact that there are still people marching and f- and fighting for the rights of the unborn. Absolutely. Uh, today, so um, mm-hmm. the largest annual gathering at Parliament Hill in Canada is the March for Life. Right. Which um, is which is yes. unfortunate that is not reported that way. <laughs> no, it's not, but we report yeah. it here. We do. I know in mm-hmm. auto, it happens in Washington in January mm-hmm. and it's very cold so it's a little nicer that it's in May here yes. in Canada. But uh, yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, Welcome. 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily Callan, thank you very much. Welcome, so our Pedro. Salt and Light Hour news producer Emily Callan, you can follow her at Emmy Callan. Hi, this is Chris Mulia, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you missed any part of this program or to listen to any interview again, go to our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. All our programs are archived there. And now it's time for What I Learned From My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back. Thank you so much. How Happy are you? Happy Easter. Good. Thank you. Yes. How are you enjoying your Easter days? Very nice. Very nice. Did you have lots of uh, chocolate Easter bunnies at your house? Um. Yes, there have been some and lots consumed yes. by myself. Oh, good. Yeah. And Not, I've shared some as well. Yeah. Don't let the kids eat chocolate. Yeah. No, that's bad for them. That's it. That's our lesson today. All the chocolates <laughs> are for mom. Yes. Yeah. 
Did you learn something else from your kids? Yes, always. Um, today we're focusing on words. Okay. Um, the lesson, we'll give a title to it. The lesson today is sometimes the wrong words are actually the right words. Hmm. Um, and what got me thinking about this um, is listening to my second eldest, Henry, sing songs with totally the wrong lyrics. Yes. Um, and sometimes they sound better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the example, and I'm going to try to not sing it because I shouldn't sing uh, in the privacy of my own home, yes. let alone on the radio. On public radio, yes. So I'll just say it. And if you want to sing it, you can. <laughs> it's the old-timey praise and worship song. Maybe it's not old-timey. It feels a bit old to me. Uh, Jesus, you are my best friend. Yes. You will always be. But Henry sings it, Jesus, you are my best friend. You belong with me. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, exactly. And so David was saying, uh, he said, have you heard Henry singing the song? And yeah, he said, maybe I should correct him. He said, but I kind of like it better the way he sings it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's when we think, like, yeah, sometimes the wrong words are the better words or they are the right words. Um, and then with regards to how that pertains to the life lesson. Yes. I was just thinking recently, um, we celebrated my mom's 75th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, my family, my siblings and I were not the most expressive uh, bunch in terms of emotions, yes. whether that's verbally or physically, like we just keep it to ourselves. Yes. Stiff upper lip kind of people. Yes. Um, but for the my mom's 75th birthday, we put together a book of 75 things we love about mom. Um, and it was really a challenge to get everyone to contribute <laughs> their list of things that they love about mom. And so in particular, my brother, I had to send him a number of texts and I knew I was getting to be very annoying, but I just finally said to him, you are never going to regret saying something nice to mom. So in this case, it's not about the wrong words. It's just about any words and how do we use them to either um, uplift someone mm-hmm. um, or just to be brave with them, to say things that we might be uncomfortable saying. Maybe we feel them, but we just feel too shy, too embarrassed, too nervous to say. Right. And so I was just in that moment, in that situation, really trying to encourage my brother, like, this is not going to be something you'll regret. It's not going to be something that upsets mom. Like, you're saying something good about her. Yeah. Just say it. Use your words. Use your words. Um, and I find that in our day-to-day as well. Like, you never know what kind of day someone is having. And if you see them and you like, honor something about them or acknowledge something about them and you don't just keep it in your head, but actually say it like whatever the situation be, maybe a, a mom in a grocery store and she's, you know, she just looks like she's either having a great day with her kids or she's having a rough day with her kids. doesn't matter. You have seen it. You've observed it. Now acknowledge it and say something like, hi, you look like you're having a nice time or um, <laughs> hang in there, whatever this thing yeah. might be. It just means so much to that person. Or maybe it doesn't, but in the end, you've given it to them. You've yes. offered that little bit of yourself. You've True. given them those words. They can do with it what they will, but hopefully what you've done is really changed the course of someone's day, where they might have been having a bad day, and that one little comment is now the good thing that they're going to hang on to, or whatever it is. But just don't be afraid to use your words. They might, they, yeah, they'll never be the, it'll never be the wrong thing. I right. Think. Yes. If that makes sense. It does. And <laughs> but words, we tend to hang on to our words. It's and we wait true. When we want to perfect them and make them just absolutely 100% right before we dare say something. Right. But sometimes they don't need to be no. that perfect. They yes. just need to be said. 
Yes, so. and you're right. And words have such an amazing power to build yeah. up or uplift or yeah. give hope. So that's the les- lesson right there. And the, the other lesson is that Jesus belongs with me or with Henry. <laughs> you are my best friend. Yes, absolutely. Forget you, everyone else. You belong with to me. To me, yes. <laughs> Jesus loves everyone, but he belongs to me. With Henry. Yeah. With Henry. Well, thank Henry you, Henry, for that lesson. Thank you, Jill. <laughs> and uh, Yes, and happy Mother's Day. Thanks so much. Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Sultanlight TV program Mothering Full of Grace. She's the writer of A Woman's Voice, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, Jane, and Leo. Hey, this is Patrick Sullivan from Evango, and I'm on the Sultanlight Hour with Deacon Pedro. If you want to contact us, email radio at sultanlighttv.org or look for me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook, also Twitter, at Deacon Pedro GM. Or you can send us a direct voice message right off our webpage, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And now it's time for... Chest for Dummies. With Billy Chan. So how do you say Alleluia in Chinese? I told Emily I'd ask you. Alleluia. Alleluia. Yes. Right. Uh, okay, well, that's Correct. very close. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's very close. It's just the pronunciation. We should right? do a church for dummies where you just teach me Chinese. Oh, <laughs> that's... Okay, that's great. You know, let's... Let's talk about today, okay? What's happening today? Okay, you know, the, when is the, 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 what is the day that has the most people go to the gym? What do you think? New Year's yes. Day? Right. So after New Year, uh-huh. a lot of people go to the gym. Yes. And after Easter, a lot of people will go to buy the Bible. Really? Or want to read Bible because really? it's, yeah, yeah, because it's just like a revolution or you know, it's a new thing. Easter, oh, I should actually go to read the Bible. I have a lot of friends asking this. Okay, okay? so now huh. the question today is not about the gym, no, it's about the Bible. How to say Bible in Chinese? Singing, sing, singing, singing, singing. Yes, so sing means sing, you know, it's the Almost the same pronunciation, but you do not sing. have the end. Okay. You know? Sing. sing. Geng means scripture. Sing. Oh, so, so holy. So holy scripture. Holy scripture. Okay. Sing okay. So the question, okay, yeah. the question is, how can we find the best Bible? Oh. Or a good Bible? Or correct Bible for me? <laughs> you know? Um, how to choose a Bible? You know what? I. Uh, so let me first say that all the Bibles, whether it's quote-unquote Protestant uh-huh. or quote unquote Catholic, uh-huh. it's the same translation. Like the, 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 no, nothing has been changed. The only difference is that the Protestant Bible has more books. Uh, it's missing books. some books. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that doesn't mean that they don't even think that those books are not holy. They just don't think that those books are Should part of are, are mm-hmm. part of the canon of books. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the Catholic Bible has a couple extra books in the Old Testament. The New Testament is exactly the same. Um, the difference between different Bibles is that the translations. So people would maybe have heard of the King James. Oh yeah, he's very famous. Very famous, and it's very popular with Protestants. Yeah. So that's one translation that was done under mm-hmm. the leadership of King James in England. Uh-huh. Um, the, for example, the I believe in the United States, the what the 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 translation that they use at Mass, the lectionary at Mass. Yeah. I think it's the NAB, the National NAB. American uh, Bible. There's also the NIV, the new... Yeah, there's a there's lot. A, in Canada, we use the NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version. Okay. Um, so there are different translations. I would say that you should get the translation that works for you. What? 
<laughs> is that is that a lame answer? So so get the translation that works for you. So for example, I like the NRSV because okay. I find that the NRSV, the National Revised Standard Version, um, it's very close to the original Greek oh, or okay. Hebrew. Okay. But it also makes sense. You mean you mean you know like language. for me in, in so my when language, we right? Use it, exactly. So it's not like it. like the King James Bible is written to be to be listened to. To be oh, read, to okay. be read out loud. So it, it sounds like Shakespeare. Okay. In fact, there's a there's a legend that says that Shakespeare was one of the writers that worked on that Bible. Wow. Um, but it's because it's poet because it's more poetic. It's beautifully sounding. And it's not as close to the translation. And the word is harder, right? Right, but it's not a it's not as an accurate translation okay. of the original Greek in the New Testament or the Hebrew. Okay. Right. So it's not as accurate. So if you want accuracy, I would say that the King James is not the best translation. But if you want beauty than King James. I personally use something like a youth Bible, which is dedicated for the youth. The youth Bible, yes. Yeah, and I, I find it very easy So to your understand. youth Bible will probably say that it's the... N-R-S-V. Is it N-R-S? Yes. Anyway, there are different... <laughs> so if it's N-R-S-V, yeah. the fact that it's a youth Bible means that it, the footnotes or the sidebar oh, okay. has different um, a re- a guides prayer. exactly that are going to help Refractions. you. So the translation is not different. Yeah. It's just the resources that come with the Bible. So what I always tell people is that the Bible that you want to get is a Bible that either comes with a study guide or uh-huh. get a study guide with the Bible. Mm-hmm. So the one that I, one of the ones I like is actually mm-hmm. called the Catholic Study Bible. Uh-huh. I think it's the o- Oxford, published by Oxford uh, Catholic, Oxford like university. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like it because the first 400 pages of that Bible is actually just a study guide. It's just explaining you know what is the book of isaiah who wrote it when was it written why was it written these are and explaining things so and and then it's got instead of just footnotes it has, it actually tells you what what things mean so and and some bibles will give you lots more footnotes some footnotes will say this is what the word is in the original hebrew and we're not exactly sure what it means so it could mean different things so it really depends uh, what works for you? I like maps, so I want a Bible that has maps. Oh yeah, the one that uh, right, like the 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 adventure Bible. You you he's wonderful. So there you Thank go. Thank you very much. Yeah. So so Billy <laughs> heard about the, the the Catholic the adventure Bible from this program. Yeah. So there you go. So I would say that there isn't a a, a better Bible, or it's just what works for you, and mm-hmm. it's always good to have more than one. Yeah. So that you can compare. You of probably course. want to have one in Chinese. I have one actually in Chinese. So you can read it actually in different one, languages. One pa- each page has English and Chinese. Yeah, that's good. So there are there are Bibles that also you can get uh, English, Spanish, Greek, and Hebrew right. or something, mm-hmm. or Latin. So so to give you a fuller depth yeah. of the meaning of the words. So Thank you. N- anything that works for you. There you go. Good question after Easter. Billy Chan. Um, he's our webmaster here at Salt and Light TV and the person in charge of this wonderful segment, Church for Dummies. You can follow him at B. Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, why we are here and we meet singer-songwriter Ivan Diaz, so don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. It's quite often that politicians will define a country by what and who they are against. But author, theologian, and social justice advocate Mary Jo Letty suggests that the real question should be 
who we are and what do we want to be? That is a positive question. And it's not just a question for Canadians in an election year, but all the time and for people in other countries as well. What defines you? With this in mind, Letty wrote her meditation on Canada and titled it, Why Are We Here? To find out more, Mary Jo Letty joined me here live in the Sultan Light Hour studio earlier this week. Mary Jo, welcome to the Sultan Light Hour. Thank you, Pedro. So, I mean, we know you primarily because of your work, your wonderful work with refugees. So that's not the first thing. I mean, it's in the book, but it's not the first thing that jumps out at me. So where did this idea or this desire or need maybe to write this meditation come from? Well, this book actually has been germinating for almost 40 years. Yes. And goes way back to a time when I was working as a Catholic journalist and was quite taken with what was happening in Latin America and liberation theology. And what I took away from my study and encounters with liberation theology was the importance of context. Uh It was very clear to me that you can't just take a theology that comes out of a very specific experience like right. Latin America and apply it here. Yeah. But it made me begin to think about here mm. and how that affects how we pray, what we do, how we set our priorities. Mm. But we're largely unconscious of that. Mm-hmm. So 40 years ago, I started to teach a course on contextual theology. Okay. And I read and read and read and actually wrote five books uh, with different titles. And each one, at a certain point, didn't seem adequate. And mm-hmm. I kind of meandered off. This is while I'm busy doing other yes, things. Yes, everything else. <laughs> Uh, But finally, all of that reading, I began to hone hone it in, and it became smaller and smaller and more focused, and this is it. And this is it. This is it. And I must say to our our listeners, it's not a big book. No, it's not. I mean, it's very much a meditation, and I love that uh, part of the title. Um, But I'm very intrigued by the title, act the actual title, why are we here? Is probably not the question that most people would think of first no. when we're trying to I, maybe identify who we are and what our purpose is. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about why that title and where that title came from. Well, I guess the deep reason would be it became clear to me that the question of the purpose and the meaning of any institution mm-hmm. or group or country is central, but often is not actually talked about that much. Right. So um, I think then I was on a trip to the Arctic, uh, funded by the Canada Council. Yes. Our great contributor. Um, And when I was on that trip, I heard a story, very simple story about what happened when a Simsian chief, an Aboriginal chief on the West Coast, met his first European. And he asked him in that first encounter, why are you here? And we don't know what the European answered, but the question 
I think, is still with us, Mm -hmm. whether we know it or not. And it's actually what I've called a post-secular question. Right. It's deeper than, you know, your political party, your affiliation, your history. It's much deeper than that. And much deeper than the immigration question of this person that was not here originally, but then arrived, which is very much, I think, the case for most of us or our, 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 mm. our, our ancestors that came from somewhere. So in that sense, is it a book about immigrants or about refugees? No, no, not in the direct sense that I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There are many issues mm-hmm. referred to in the book. Yes. Refugees, immigration, the environment. Relationship with indigenous peoples. Indigenous yes. peoples, the cities, country, you know, all of that. But what I'm saying is that we cannot actually deal with those issues in life-giving ways until we ask the question below the question. Well, that's the existential question. Yeah. The why, why are we here? Yes. Not just here? as individuals, mm-hmm. but as, as a, a country. Interesting. Do you think that that applies? I mean, it's very much, a, as the book title says, A Meditation on Canada. Would that apply to any other country? Most of our listeners are actually in the United States. Do you think that that question or that approach would apply to our neighbors south of the border as well? I think it partly applies. Yeah. Uh, Uh, But I do think that countries are different. There are some countries for whom they've answered that question many Uh, times in their history, for better or worse. Right. Um, But I don't think it's a question that we as Canadians have given enough time and Mm -hmm. attention to. Do you think... Uh, and, and you mentioned some of the issues that you refer to in the book, relationship with indig- indigenous people, relationship with the environment, relationship with immigrants or immigration mm-hmm. or people that come from somewhere else. Would you say that those are, do we look at those issues as problems that Canada has? Sometimes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> quite often. <laughs> and I think that's unfortunate because one of my insights is that when a group or a person doesn't know who or what it's for, it defines itself by what it's against. Right. And that's yeah. where I think we have, going way back, this kind of default defensive attitude towards the environment that we live in mm-hmm. and that whenever we feel threatened, we do tend to define ourselves by what we're against. Right. And we have sad examples of that in the history of Canada, mm-hmm. in the history of the church. Um, without maybe giving away, obviously we can't do that right now, and I want people to encourage people to, to get the book, especially, I mean, certainly if you're Canadian and we're in an, el- an election year, yes. so maybe this is something that yes. uh, would, would help uh, focus people as they're figuring out you know, what they're going to do in nine months from now, six months from now at the election. Um, but if you could give c- Canadians one uh, one piece of advice as to how we can, other than asking that question, um, mm-hmm. how we can start beginning to solve these issues or these heal these relationships that are maybe not quite... Uh, yeah. Well, I think probably the most important thing I'm suggesting is that our geography is extremely important in shaping our identity. Uh-huh. 
And we are also shaped by the culture of modernity, is what I would call it. The attitude that, you know, we own the earth. Uh, We make it, we shape it, we can profit from it, all of that. And as long as we operate out of that attitude of ownership and rights, um, we are not going to find why we are here in a good way. And what I'm suggesting is that we need to move to a point of being able to say, not what do I own, what do we own as a country, but what are we responsible for? Right. Responsible, yeah. which is quite different from a sense of ownership. Mm-hmm. And if you base your politics on a sense of responsibility for the place that we call Canada, everything begins to change. Yes. Everything. Yes, I can see that. And if you say, you know, Canada isn't this chunk of earth that we own, that's our privilege. But it's the place right now in terms of a lot of global questions, climate change particularly, where we have a very particular responsibility. Being responsible for Canada is how we're responsible for the earth. Absolutely. And I would say, and I think you're saying this, a direct connection to that is also responsible for each other and for Canadians. Um, So I hope that we have some of our leaders listening to this program. Yes. And maybe this is going to inspire them to... uh, I'd be happy if they're listening. To start thinking (laughs) about what what we are responsible for um, and maybe encourage Canadians to get out there and explore and learn and breathe the actual physical environment of this beautiful country. Mary Jo, um, that's all the time we have, but thank you so much for yeah. uh, sharing your, your 40, <laughs> 40 year meditation on Canada. Um, it's, it's come out uh, at a, in a very, uh, a, a very pertinent it's a, time. It's a pertinent time and that wasn't planned. Yes. So. Well, thank you. Thank you, Pedro. That was a conversation I had with author Mary Jo Letty earlier this week. Mary Jo Letty is a writer and theologian, the founder of Toronto's Romero House, and a passionate advocate for human rights and peace issues. She is the recipient of many awards, including the Order of Canada. She has written many books. The latest is Why Are We Here? A Meditation on Canada, published by Novalis. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Ivan Diaz, with Curtis Stephen and Miracle of Grace from their new album, Nuestra Alegría, Our Joy. Misterio de la fe Milagro que sin ver Nos llama a contemplar y a creer Though our senses fail Your graces still prevail We become the love that we receive Santo 
sacrificio siempre estás Pero ante ti buscamos de tu pan para vivir and like a grain of wheat we fall down at your feet dying here with you de sellar Come claim your bride again With love that cannot end For what God joins no That was Ivan Diaz with Curtis Stephen and uh, the song Miracle of Grace from the new Oregon Catholic Press bilingual album Nuestra Alegría, Our Joy. Ivan Diaz was born in Colombia and now makes his home in Miami, Florida. He is currently the chorus director for the National Catholic Youth Conference and the music director for the National Conference on Catholic Youth Ministry. He released his first album with Oregon Catholic Press in 2014, Honor y Gloria a Él, a contemporary Spanish-language collection. You can find his songs and arrangements in several collections from OCP. His latest album that we've been listening to, Nuestra Alegría, Our Joy, is a collection of the bilingual versions of many songs that are popular in English-speaking communities, songs that you know, like Miracle of Grace that we just heard, Alleluia, Love is Alive by Stephen Grisano, Give Us Your Peace by Jesse Manabusen, uh, Sacred Silence by Tom Booth, and Our God is Here by Chris Mulia. 
Anyway, there's lots to talk about uh, with Ivan, so I'm very happy to welcome Ivan Diaz to the program. Ivan, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you, the computer, and it's so good to you know to be with your audience and be with the people of God in different cities, different towns. You know, making Excellent. sure that we are connected and I'm praising God through music. Alabado sea Dios, bienvenido. I'm, I'm hoping that we have a lot of our Hispanic listeners uh, tuning in. and I hope so too. Yeah, uh, that's great. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, the Hispanic community is growing so fast in the United States and it's a blessing to have them as well listening to this radio show today. Absolutely. Now, Ivan, you and I met a few months ago in Panama at World Youth Day. How was that experience for you? It was a life-changing experience. Uh, I just have to confess that it was my very first World Youth Day. Yeah. Uh, in, in you know in general, and this time was different because I just I was serving as a music minister. Yeah, I was visiting several parches and singing and and then leading workshops and then in one of the parks, I was having concerts daily and then yes. I also had a concert with Father Galia. Yes, uh, it, like it, I actually had two concerts with Father Galia and then catechesis in in other parishes. So it wasn't incredible just to able to witness so many people from different countries around the world just praising God and, and making sure to to go back to you know their locations their yeah. cities their parishes to minister and inspire their communities yeah I know it, it's uh, world details is so awesome so I hope to see you maybe in Portugal for the next one. Oh yeah I'm planning already yeah, absolutely I'm sure you are <laughs> um the, I want to talk about the music but first tell me a little bit about growing up in Colombia what was it like uh, growing up in, in, in con la familia Diaz in Colombia well it was such a beautiful experience I mean I grew up in a nice family in Bogota that's yeah. the capital of the city the, of the country and then I attended a, a, a Salesian Catholic school, oh, yeah. Don Bosco High. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it was um, a junior high and and high school, and it was great because you know faith and education was always connected in my life. Right. So when I finished my my high school, I I felt the the call to serve God through music. So uh-huh. I got all this Don Bosco spirit, and also. I was serving in, 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 in groups of the Charismatic Renewal Movement as right. well. Yeah. So I got all this connection, you know, the, the, the joy of the gospel with, uh, you know, connected with music. And I said, I think that's what I want to do with my life. I told my parents, they really supported my crazy dream. And I went to a, Jewish, uh, a Jesuit university in yeah. Colombia, Universidad Javeriana. Yes. And then I started my education as a musician there. And then I moved to the U.S when I was 20 years old. Right. Uh, but in all that time, it was beautiful, you know, serving God in, in not only my city, doing missions in different regions and and cities of Colombia. Uh-huh. And then when I moved to the U.S., pretty much, you know, my faith was stronger because everything came up, you know, from my from my house, my, my family, my neighbors, yeah. my school, my community. So, of course, Colombia, it's, uh, a very important part of my life. Yeah, I can imagine. Did you find, I mean, I know because I grew up in Latin America too, I mean, going to, doing music ministry or Catholic music ministry in Latin America is so different than doing it in the States. Did you find that it was more difficult in the United States or were you doing his in, ministry in the Hispanic communities in the United States? When you well, started? I started visiting the United States, you know, as a missionary uh, music, uh, you okay. know, so you were when I was 17. Okay. So I was serving the Hispanic wow. community but then I started to work in a parish in Miami, a bilingual church, and the right. pastor was very wise. He said, Ivan, 
I want you to work with both communities. I want you yes. to, to develop that bridge between the Spanish community and the English-speaking community so you can understand both cultures and you can see how important it is to be bilingual in our church. Yes, and that's very wise, very good pastor you had there. Did you Were you writing music only in Spanish at the time? Yes, I was, you know, you know, I was just new in, in this country, so my my ministry and everything that I was doing was basically dedicated to the Hispanic communities. Yeah. And then when I started my education, I mean, finished my, my bachelor's in, in vocal performance and, and, music, and music production, yeah. I started to integrate bilingual songs and produce songs in English for some of my friends, yeah. and then playing piano for different dance, and, and then I was a music director for the youth ministry yes. in my parish as well so i got a very good understanding of the music ministry in the english communities how did you end up getting connected with ncyc well i think it was when i uh, when i produced my first album with ocp uh-huh. uh oregon catholic press yeah i started to visit in different communities you know ocp in the u.s has a lot of um, you know connections. Yes, and, they do. And they serve many parishes, many dioceses. So, in that work, they do different workshops and and events to evangelize through music or prepare music ministers. Mm-hmm. And then they invite us to go and give talks or workshops. And and that's how I met a few people from the federation. And they were right. looking for a multicultural course director. Uh-huh. That could have you know that could integrate you know music in different languages and making sure that mm-hmm. all youth could feel welcome nice. as they were preparing the rehearsals for NCYC 2017. So yeah. it was a, a, a very good connection, and then I worked with other musicians from OCP, WLP. Yeah. Um, and it was great. Yeah, no, that that's great. And I'm very excited. I mean, I love the idea of this album because, like I said earlier in the intro, the, these are songs that we know. And, and I'm like you. like I do Hispanic ministry or bilingual. And a lot of times we're looking for songs that you want to be able to do them in both languages and you don't, they don't exist. So it's so great yeah. that this is now available um, thanks to your work. Did you... Um, how much did you have a choice in picking the songs that you would translate or that you would work on? Well, I wish I, I want to say that it, it was um, it, it was a, a, a team effort with OCP yeah. and also some composers. Everything started at NCCYM three years ago in San Jose, California. Uh-huh. Uh, they invited me to sing beautiful songs in English in a concert, and I was doing it with a sort of heart. Yeah. It was Don Boo, the Stephen Grisano, other other guys from OCP. Yes. And I was thinking, these songs are so beautiful. It is a shame that we don't have these songs in Spanish. Yeah. And then I told people in OCP, hey, I have a crazy idea. What if you let me translate some of these songs, and then we can come up with, with the first album of bilingual yeah. songs. And That's a great idea. And they loved the idea. Of course. And yeah. then we started the first effort. This is the, this is the album number one, and I'm hoping that we are going to come up with the second edition very soon. Yeah. Because this is something that is just the beginning. It's something yes. that, uh, that it's, it's yeah. so needed in our church. No, you're right. When I heard you sing Miracle of Grace in Panama, I thought, oh, that's cool. It exists in Spanish. I'd never heard that. And then I thought, I wonder if Ivan did that translation himself. Um, and it works so perfectly in Spanish. You did. It's an, it's an excellent, excellent idea. I want to ask you, though, about 
because we're going to end the show by playing the song that you uh, worked on with Father Rob Galia, Aquí Estoy. You wrote it for, for Panama, Here I Am, Aquí Estoy. Because that's not a like a translation. That's actually a song that some of it's in English, some of it's in, in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, are you interested in doing those types of collaborations? Because there's a lot of people that speak both languages and that we don't need everything translated. We just want to get the fullness <laughs> in both languages. Exactly. No, that is a new way. And I'm working on that project right now when they invited me to to compose a song for Word to Do Day, yeah. that was my first idea. I said, we need to make a song that has uh, the impact of Despacito, the secular song that yes. uh, was so popular three years ago. And yes. I said, and, yeah. we just have to make sure that we connect with all cultures. And I think having a, a song in two languages will be very effective, you know, highlighting the yes. theme of, of Word to Day. And I composed a song, and then I contacted the Christonautas. It's a foundation from yes. Company in the, Miami and I told them I want to invite Father Rob Gallia to this project but the song was already composed and then when I sent him the uh-huh. demo I would say the draft Father Gallia loved it and I told him feel free to change anything that you want in English or Spanish you know I was you know making fun of him with the Spanish too he said yeah, right. yeah I will do anything in Spanish so he um, changed little things here and there and then we came up with the draft the first demo and then I I work with a very famous producer here in Miami that works with Malou Mola and, and Sebastian Jatra and uh-huh. big reggaeton singers. Yeah. And this guy is Catholic and I told him the idea. He said, I would love to produce a song that is Catholic and it's going to bring a strong message about the fiat of Mary. Yes. And that's why the song has this very contemporary sound and yeah. feeling. Yeah. And yeah. that's the idea. That's what, that's what I'm hoping and praying that my ministry is going to go from now on as well just to reach out the younger generation, those that are millennials, those that are under 30 years old and and love this music. Yeah, absolutely. You guys did a great, great job. Um, and I hope that since I'm doing bilingual ministry too, we can uh, maybe do work together. Um, so we'll have to stay in touch. Ivan, that's all the time we have, but uh, it's so good to Thank have you, you on the program. And uh, I expect great, more great things coming from you. So be sure to let us know, okay? I will, become Pedro. Thank you so much for the invitation, and I hope to connect with the big community of salt and light around the world. All right. Hasta luego. Hasta luego. You can learn more about Ivan Diaz and his music at his website, ivandiazonline.com. That, uh, the new album, Nuestra Alegría, Our Joy, is published by Oregon Catholic Press. Here now is that song we were talking about, uh, Ivan Diaz and Father Rob Gallia with Aquí Estoy, which means Here I Am, which is the single they wrote for World Youth Day 2019. Hasta la eternidad I surrender all I am now To proclaim your word to all the world Señor Yeah. 
el Señor está contigo. No tengas miedo porque has hallado gracia ante Dios. Vas a concebir un hijo y su nombre es Jesús. Here I am, I long to serve you. And let your kingdom come. And let your will be done. Renuevo hoy mi compromiso. De ir y anunciar palabras al final. Señor. listening to Ivan Diaz and Father Rob Gallias World Youth Day single Aquí Estoy which means here I am and that will bring us to the end of the program remember that if you missed any part of this program you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio and that's also where we post links to our artists or guests yes and you can also download the Salt and Light Hour podcast off iTunes or the Google Play Store you can contact us via email radio at saltandlighttv.org or via Facebook or Twitter just look for Salt and Light TV And you can follow me on Twitter at Emmy Callen and Billy is at Bijo Chan. And I'm at Deacon Pedro GM. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Emily Callen. And I'm Deacon Pedro. And this has been the, the Salt and Light, Light Hour. Hour.